I often try and think of lyrics for the uh, verses of the Fresh Talk theme song. Oh, you do? And I think I have one. I am so lonely sitting here in my chonies. Oh, I am so lonely sitting here in my chonies. You know. Like so that? That's a good start. It's a good start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what happens after that. But I'm listening to Fresh Talk. <laughs> Could be good. Yeah. Something like that. I am so lonely just <laughs> eating bologna. <laughs> That's good, too. That's good, too. Uh, I love phony, bologna, choney. I mean, it yes. doesn't get much better. That's all you got. Yeah, it's, it's good great. Weird Al stuff. Yeah, My absolutely. bologna. <laughs> so good. Well, Dan, how you doing? I'm doing all right, man. How are you? I'm really good. Actually, I'm on cloud nine. I got a lot of positive things happening right now. I'm having a... I'm just... A, I'm, I'm on a natural high, if you will. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And we have new mics tonight. We do have different mics today. They yeah. sound different. They sound good, but they sound different. Definitely different. The gain's about, a bit lower on these. So is that I, what it is? I had to crank it up. We sound like men now. This is a manly mic. This is a manly podcast. Yes. <laughs> fresh meat. <laughs> new podcast from the people that brought you fresh talk. We'll leave that as an exercise for the listener yes. to figure out what that's about. Absolutely. Well, speaking of listeners, thank you for joining us yet again. Once again on episode 99. Oh, my God. We are so close. Oh, my God. 99. We've done this almost 100 times. Yeah. And we started not this past October, but the uh, two. Two October's two ago. Two October's ago. Wow. Yeah. So we've we've been doing it for two years. Is that right? Over. We've been doing well, it for over two if, years. If you cut out all the episodes we missed, all the weeks we missed, uh, mm. it's probably almost exactly two, maybe a little more. Uh, almost. Oh, okay. Not counting the time. Well, that would be 104, I guess. So yeah. no, we're not quite there. Wow, that is crazy, man. I mean, that is that that's really remarkable that we stuck with this this 99 long. 99 episodes of Fresh Talk on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> and people have stuck with it. We have people that have been listening since the beginning. What is wrong? With, I mean, thank you, but what yes. is wrong with you? Thank you so much. We appreciate that. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, we need people to get, get more terrible nine-to-five jobs that where they're allowed to access podcasts. Yeah, or, or just a commute, you know, where yeah. you're like, I got to listen to something. Uh-huh, totally. And mo- most of you, I'm sure, are our friends and know us, so maybe yeah. there's a comfort to just kind of hanging out and talking to us. That's what we hope, anyway. Or us talking to you. Yeah, they don't really get to talk back. No, or or maybe it's the opposite. I'm sure. I I actually know people personally that avoid the podcast because they're like, dude, I hear you talk enough. The last thing I want you to listen to is you and Dan talk more. You how, know how is Aaron anyway? <laughs> totally right. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, so things are good. Things are good. Um, as we record this, uh, we have leaped forward in time. We have sprung forward in America. In America, not anywhere else, because we're dumb. Yeah. Um, the other thing that's uh, dawning on me right now, I don't know if you're having the same experience, is we are using some old school Army of Freshmen jam room mics. We are. That have been through a lot, all things considered. And my mic kind of smells like pee <laughs> right now. <laughs> well, as you know, if you are a fan I mean, of Army of Freshmen, smells like pee. I don't sing, so I never use them. So that is definitely not my... As far as I know, not my pee. Yeah. This is some type of practical joke, I'm sure. <laughs> J-Man, we need you to bring those new mics. And they've been peed in. Not the first time my belongings have been were they, peed were they, in. Was the, were the mics in your old shoes? Oh, that's a story for another time. <laughs> I know things about that that you I've never revealed. You keep hinting. I know. I know things. Uh, long story short, if the listeners saying, God damn it with the inside jokes. Um, many, many moons ago, well over 10 years ago, uh, some uh, nefarious outlaws led by Jarek Raddick of Bowling for Soup, along with some of my best friends, uh, bonded together to pee in my shoes and not tell me. Brand new shoes, I may add. And the following day, I put the shoes on, and my feet were wet, and I was told or led to believe that a hobo peed in my shoes and was furious, and everybody kept quiet over the incident for years until an email. An email from the depths, the depths of society. Oh, yeah? 
An, an anonymous tipster. bubbled up. An anonymous tipster led me to revelations about my shoes and the pee and where it originated from and who witnessed it. Well, now you that guys kept quiet for a long. Now that we're in the 21st time. century of podcasting, maybe this anonymous tipster would like to place an anonymous <laughs> call during the show. That would be wonderful. <laughs> the tipster. It's such a JFK thing, you know. The tipster. That's totally like Joe Pesci. Like, don't you get it, man? The peers don't even know who peed in the shoes. <laughs> you know? It's a riddle wrapped in a puzzle, wrapped in an, an enigma. enigma. <laughs> such a good scene. That's man. fantastic. Yeah, uh, yeah, great scene. Um, you can see a camera guy in that scene. Can you really? And I've never seen it on a goof on IMDb, but I swear to God, I see a cameraman in that scene. I'll show it to you. So sometime. you can see a cameraman, but nobody else. Yeah, can. but that's weird because with a movie that big, any goof whatsoever ends up on IMDb. Yeah, and I, I can't find this goof, and I swear to God, I see a cameraman in that specific scene. You see him in the reflection of a window, and there's nobody there with the camera. It's not like it's a character or something. But is that like the Three Men and a Baby? There's a ghost in that. Like, yeah, you know, that, that kind of um, shit. I love stuff like that though. Those. <laughs> You know, those kind of conspiracies. I don't know if that's a conspiracy, but yeah. I was wondering why my mic kind of started to smell too, and I realized it's because my dog is eating a bully stick, not because oh. my mic smells. Am I smelling the bully stick? Probably. Oh, that's wonderful. Great news. My mic wasn't peed on. <laughs> See, another conspiracy <laughs> ruined <Sorry>. by Dan. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Oh, well. Well, guys, once again, thank you for joining us. Yeah, uh, thanks we, again. We, we have sprung forward. Um, so it's sunny out, which is weird because we is always sunny. record this roughly around the same time every week. Yep. And it's always dark out. And it's completely I mean, sunny right changing now. changing anyway, you know, mm -hmm. with the seasons, but it's now really bright and sunny. Do and you I'm, like the spring forward? No. No one likes it. It's fucking awful. We need to stop. And that's because... We lose sleep, right? We do lose sleep. We have to get up an hour earlier. It's nice getting off work and getting home an hour earlier. There's uh -huh. more light in the sky later in the day, yada, yada. Our mood's improved a little bit when you have a little extra sunshine. Uh, yeah, when you have extra sunshine, but not for the first fucking week when you're miserable because you're getting up and it's still pitch fucking... Well, when I get up, it's black. You're it's just black. off. Your clock's off, right? Yeah. I mean, I get up... My alarm goes off at 6.15 every day. Now it goes off at what my body thinks is 5.15. Mm -hmm. So... And that's hardcore when you're waking up that early to yeah, begin with. it's rough. Know? It's rough. <sighs> Oh, man. I mean, stuff. I could go into a whole rant about daylight saving time and why we should stop it. Mm -hmm. But we'll save that for another. Save that Maybe for next another, year. You know, the conspiracy podcast. Not a conspiracy. Um, not a conspiracy. <laughs> Studies. God, this fucking mic smells, dude. It's that or that bully <laughs> stick. Uh, well, yeah, so we have, we have sprung forward and it is now sunny out, which is very interesting to record the podcast during the day because yeah. it's such a night podcast. We always record it at night. Well, even when we were at John's studio. It may as well have been night if it yeah. wasn't because it was in his studio. Yeah, I can't. That's a good point. There are windows point. in my so parents' dark. underground basement garage yeah. bunker. Yes, I always feel the podcast is much of a, a like a late night radio show, not so much a daytime talk show. So maybe we'll. Yeah, those were all done in the daytime anyway. Yeah. So. Maybe we'll <laughs> clean it up this week. So. Through the magic of the internet, it is yes. now daytime. Well, Dan, we're going to do something a little different tonight. Oh, yeah? Uh, we're, we, of course, we got to get to our raves. Right. But um, what, just to give the listener an idea of, I had an experience this weekend. And it's pretty epic. And finally, he finally did it. It's pretty wild. Um, and uh, it involves a lot of different... Uh, I think it's an exciting story. And I don't think you know anything about it. Do you know where I was this weekend? I knew where you, I know where you were last weekend. I don't know where you were this weekend. Okay. This, this weekend passed. Good, good. Well, that's great. Because I'm basically going to share a story with you today, as I would if I was calling you as a friend and telling you about this crazy experience that happened to me. But I'm going to do it live so you can react as you would normally would and ask questions as you normally would, as opposed to, I already know this fucking story, Chris. Why do I want to hear it again? <laughs> Fair. That's I like point. that. It's going to be a good story. But first, let's get to our raves, our picks, our favorites of the week. Okay. Dan, 
Anything working for you, turning on, enjoying, anything happening right now that you want to tell the listener about this yeah, week? Yeah, there is, and I can't believe I haven't mentioned it sooner. Okay. As much as I like the people that are behind it, um, you probably know I really enjoyed Louis, the show, by yes. Louis C.K. You are a big Louis C.K. fan. I fucking fan. loves Louis. He's Have you seen so, him live? I No, I haven't seen him live, and I kind of blew it because he was here last summer, and I missed it. Um, I'll catch him next time, though. But you've been into him for a while. I remember when yeah. he started to get hot, you were well aware. I was already was. there. Like yeah. my brother turned me on to his stuff early, and he's just—he's so funny, and he's so goddamn smart. He's a genius. It's all smart stuff. comedy, right? It's very smart comedy, and even his show, which isn't all funny, is still very funny. Like it's mm. got his stand-up, but it's got stories, and it's kind of sad sometimes. Type of guy that you're glad to see have success. Is that very, fair to say? Absolutely. Okay. Not small part in do, not do in small part to the fact that he's I, changing the distribution model he was sort of one of these front runners around not spending a bunch of money on a show mm-hmm. and selling it to hbo and charging a bunch of money for it he was like you know what fuck it i did really well i'm just going to produce my own hbo special and sell it directly to you guys mm-hmm. so please don't pirate it it's five bucks if you want it here it is mm-hmm. uh it's not copy protected but just hey you know do the right thing and he did so well doing that mm-hmm. that he gave a bunch of money to charity wow this was a couple of years ago that's way cool super cool so now he's doing everything not everything but a lot of his stuff is direct to the consumer he just does it through his website including his newest show called horace and pete okay which is my rave for this week horace and pete. horace and pete and it's it's uh, really fucking cool. It's not your traditional, like if you're thinking, if you watched Louie the show and you want to watch this show, it's not the same show. I mean, it's it's kind of funny. It's an hour long. It's not really funny. Is he in it? He's in it. He wrote it. He directed it. Uh, it's, it's two sets. There's only two sets. It's really more like a play than a TV show, but it's very timely. They do an episode roughly a week, every week. I mean, as they're, he sends out an email when they're released and they've probably just finished making them. But the cast is also incredible. It's Louis. He's, you know, one of the main characters. The other main character is Steve Buscemi. The third, you know, ancillary character is um, Alan Alda. Edie well, Falco's in it. You can't go wrong with those three No, people. and Steve it's... Steve Buscemi and Alan Alda, I've always felt, is a very underrated actor. He is incredible. I mean, everybody knows him from MASH, but yeah. he's done some other stuff. He's a guy that just, he was... Um, I was never a MASH fan, but MASH was such a big show. Massive. That he was very much uh, typecast because he was kind of almost the star of that. Yeah. And he, he had trouble finding like good work after because, again, I don't remember this time, but MASH was so big that it's like, it's the dude from MASH. And that happens to TV actors sometimes where they're so associated with a show, yeah. Yeah. they just can't kind of break from it it's especially during i think more that time than now because there were so many fewer shows and everybody would watch the big show and they were big do you know for the longest time the highest rated thing that ever occurred on tv was the finale of mash think about that i mean straight up bigger than super bowls bigger than any i mean so many people were watching that that's it's weird like the country stopped and just watched the last episode of mash which is especially weird for me as much as I didn't like that show simply because it was like not made for me. It was too old for me. And I was like, mm. what the fuck is this show? Where are my cartoons? MASH was, and I may have mentioned this on the podcast in the past, but it I hated that show because that goddamn theme song, yeah. you know, Suicide is Pants, it meant that the good shows were over and yep. bedtime was coming. Literally in my house growing up in the 1980s as a little kid, it meant that the cartoons are done. The what's happening, you know, uh, sort of reruns that are not total, like, right. you know, adult are done. <laughs> what's here comes MASH. It's 7 o'clock. Here comes MASH. 
it's going to be time oh, to go to damn bed. Damn it, it's grown-up yeah. shows now. Yeah, totally. Exactly. And then, do, 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 do. That was like a death knell. It was like, oh, the yeah. day's done. And it wasn't even that like exciting of a theme. It was just boring, mm-hmm. I thought, as a kid. Yeah. So anyway, Alan Alda's in it. He's fucking brilliant. All the acting is incredible in the show, but it does kind of seem more like a play. There are weird kind of gaps where they're, not gaps, but like, you know, cues that you would edit out if this were a TV show made for television. I mean, which it is, but it's sort of done play-like. Uh-huh. But it's fantastic, and I love it. And so here's the thing. It was, again, released direct to the consumer. First episode's five bucks, which is a little pricey for one episode. Where are they selling it? Just on his website, louisck.com. Oh, you got to go to his website to buy this. And you buy it, you download it, you this watch it. This is not on television? No. This is not on Netflix? Correct. It's not on Hulu? No. So it's, he's even going past those models of distribution. Yeah, and he's doing all this himself. So wow. Does he have a podcast? Is there like a weekly Louis C.K. I podcast? Think so. I think this is his podcast. God damn, how do he's you too get, busy. How do you get people to um, even find out about that? I guess he's that big. He's that know? big. Yeah, his mailing list has got to be massive. Mm-hmm. Plus, I mean, he, he's done some really su- successful stuff. I mean, his show is on FX, you know, which isn't a huge mm-hmm. network, but it's not HBO. I mean, hell, he just did SNL recently, right? Did he? Yeah, yeah well, he, so. he presented at the Oscars. I mean, he's not, you know, yeah. he's not a small character. Good for him. Yeah. I so, like people that have been in the game for a long time that are a little older, that worked really hard, that were avoided for a long time, and to be honest, flat out, not a good-looking guy. It's not like, you know what I'm saying? That's Even, half of his routine. I know, but like, you know, like kind of like the Dane Cook thing. Like, yeah, totally. Dane Cook was very talented early on, but as a comedian, eh, you know, there was uh, almost this movement where he was, he was attractive. Like, chicks were into Dane Cook. Like, oh, Dane God, Cook's yeah. hot. No one's saying that with Louis C.K., you know? What's funny in his I'm show... I'm just saying the deck was stacked against him a little bit to find success late in well, life but not when he was in dane cook's age bracket so oh. in one of the episodes of louis like there's an old rerun of him and Marin, you know doing live stand-up and that's like a real clip mm. from when, back in the day and he's like 20 something and he's thin and got a full head of like bright red hair and it's mm. good looking and like you know time just wasn't as good to him as some yeah, other people yeah. it's funny but yeah but yeah i mean god the guy's fucking brilliant so yeah. that's my pick uh good. horace and pete horace and pete and where can people find it louisck.com or cool. net i don't remember tv show yeah, it's a TV show. Gotcha. It's all it's all in high def. You can stream it. And you can download cool. it. All that shit. So. All right, my pick Check is going it. to be a uh, record, uh, some music, because once uh, yeah. once Kai went on to greeny pa- greener pastures and uh, left the podcast, he is still well. He is still okay. Obviously, he still joins us. That story about going to the Oscars, yeah, from the last even, episode. Even my mom and dad uh, will comment on how insane <laughs> that story was, That's which crazy. is cool. You know, my my dad said my mom's going back and listening to all the podcasts, but he said you got to fast forward to the last week. You got to hear Kai's story. Like it's crazy, you know, especially because to them meeting Elton John that's like yeah. even weirder that's such a you know I mean it's come huge on. Yeah, so okay so um, Kai is not here to give us the great music picks that he always used to give us every week and therefore our musical knowledge suffers but um, he hit me up and said Chris there's a new record out band we all love I love you love and he said I'm halfway through and it's a masterpiece so far and I have you know, I am going to back his call I, I know what you're going to say. Heard this yet? Uh, I'm picking something I cannot even verify, but I This tr- is why it's not my pick. <laughs> exactly. I trust Kai so much that if he said that and I like this band so much, if he said this about this band, I'm going to make it my pick of the week and recommend our listeners check it out. There is a new Nerf Herder record out called Rockingham. Yes. And it is actually getting great reviews. 
all hardcore Nerf Herder fans are saying really positive stuff about it, that it's their best in years. Nerf Herder, if you are not familiar with them, are a, I would say, a pop punk band. Yeah. And the catch is... More poppy it's, than punky. Yeah, it's like nerdcore almost. It's very uber nerdy. Yes. I'm a loser. I'm a geek. Rock and roll pop punk. Their claim to fame is their... Uh, we have connections to them, which we'll get into briefly, but yep. um, they are from Santa Barbara, and they had a, a minor radio hit called Van Halen, which great was song. all about how great Van Halen was. In the 90s. In yeah. the 90s. Great song, great song. Their first record is a freaking masterpiece. <laughs> it's so good. It's a, it's a self-titled record. It's an unheralded masterpiece. Every single song on that record is great. This is not music for everybody. You gotta no. like a little comedy in your music. But You gotta overlook the terrible sound quality from the recording of that time yeah exactly it's great their follow-up how to meet girls is another classic i mean uh i think the third record uh they had a great uh ep american cheese yeah uh, well the american cheese was the third record there was an ep in there um that was really good i mean this is a band we love jacket now oh jacket such a good song (laughs) um now here's the catch Uh, the connection that we have with them for a hardcore army of freshman fans that go way back way back there's any of you out there is the fact that on our second record, Perry Grip, the lead singer of Nerf Herder, sings the song Hard to Say. Yes, he does. He is a guest on the record, and he sings the uh, uh, verses, essentially, Uh of Hard to Say. Um, So if you ever heard that song and said, who the hell in the band is singing? That's not us. That's Perry Grip. That's Nerf Herder. Nerf Herder. So, um, and also, oddly enough, they make the connection stranger, Dan... You yeah. lived next door or in the same neighborhood next, as next door. You were next. Yeah, I mean, he was. They were kind of behind my condo. But you were next door neighbors at one point with the drummer of Nerf Herder, the Cougar. The Cougar, his <laughs> nickname. It was a. It was a really funny connection when I found out. I was mm. like, "What the? Fu- what the hell? That's we, awesome!" Yeah, and we played with Nerf Herder a, couple, a handful of times. A handful of times. We never toured with them, but a couple local shows here and there. I, I yeah. distinctly remember one at an old place called Skate Street. Oh yeah, played with them there. What do you remember? Any other places we played with them? I, think I it was. I know there was two or three times. I just don't recall where they were. Local shows though. They yeah, they the were road. not. They weren't like when we saw them open for the hippos and. Broke a bass string yeah, in the very first totally, song. It took totally. like 10 minutes to get a new well, one. I think Perry Grip, the lead singer, is a very, very smart, underappreciated uh, songwriter. Do he you like a, waffles? Oh, God. He did a whole record of jingles, jingles called Do You Like Waffles? Look it up. It's Hamstrom. amazing. I'm sure if you are on the internet at all, you've seen some of his stuff being posted from um, YouTube onto social media. You yeah. Know, hamster on a piano. Yeah. He's Wean your the, dog on a mini move. All the classics. Yeah. Yeah. All these classics. But his band is Nerf Herder. That's and the real thing. Again, if you like, it, you know, it's nerdier than Weezer, but it very much has some of those elements. You know, yeah. it's just pop punk and it's funny. And they were kind of the comedians of that scene. They were always a little older. They're significantly older now. And I believe Linus. Linus from Hollywood is also in Nerf Herder. I think he's a full-time Nerf Herder member, if I'm is not he? if Probably. I'm not incorrect. So anyway, the record is called Rockingham. If there's ever a band that I believe Dan and I would mutually back and still love and still listen to, and 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 man, the first two Nerf Herder records and the Days of Army of Freshmen in a Van oh, early on. Oh man. Lot of play. I still stand by him, and it's so great to hear that this band has made a record that people are pumped about and excited about and are really appreciating. So I hope huge things happen with it. But that all starts with you, listener. If you like fun rock and roll and you like a little comedy in your lyrics, find the new Nerf Herder record, Rockingham. Where can they find it? I'm sure they can find it on iTunes 
and I'm sure they can find it on iTunes, <laughs> and I'm sure they can find <laughs> it on iTunes. I know they can find it on iTunes, but I'm sure it's all over the place. But the new Nerf Herder record, Rockingham, I haven't even listened to it, and it's my pick of the week. And that's coming from that's coming indirectly from Kai. But uh, again, I love that band, so I can tell you to go back and listen to their first two records, Fuck Nerf yeah. Herder, self-titled, How to Meet Girls. If you just want one Nerf Herder song, look up Golf Shirt, <laughs> and if you <laughs> like so the good. vibe of Golf Shirt, you 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 will appreciate this band. Yeah. They're fantastic. Absolutely. So those are our picks of the week. Um, was it Horace and Pete, Dan? Horace and Pete, and it is on Spotify as well. Um, Nerf Herder, not Horace and Pete. Okay, great. Well, I'll be listening to that um, shortly, and then hopefully next week I will be backing the pick. Fuck yeah. yeah. Yeah, me too. Great. Well, Dan, you ready to hop into my tale? I am. What What the hell happened to you last week? Some crazy, crazy, crazy shit. Um, here is the deal. Uh, uh, big, here's... I don't even know where to begin with this saga, Dan, but I'm going to just, I'll take it from the top. Um, you know, and, and maybe some of my close friends know that I am a boxing fanatic. I'm a yes. huge boxing nerd. I'm a fan of the sport. It goes back to when I was a little kid and growing up in Atlantic City, going to fights. It's just one of those things I uh, was attracted to. Um, got out of Guys it. Guys in shorts. You got men in shorts sweating. <laughs> yes, beating. Off, you know? <laughs> so I'm um, beating each other off. Um, so uh, a huge fan my, my whole life of the sport. Got out of it when um, we were, you know, and just completely crossed over to music for a long time. When I was a little kid, I really had two things that I wanted to be that I distinctly remember, not like a one-week stint of, I want to be Evil Knievel, right. you know, um, two things I really wanted to be. I wanted to either be a professional boxer or a professional musician. Literally, there were the two things I distinctly remember wanting to be. Now, it became very apparent to me that I was a big wuss and pussy and not tough <laughs> and strong, so the boxing thing was kind of out of the league for me, but the music thing was a much better fit. My parents were musicians. I love music, so forth, and that's the career and direction I went down great Weird. all as well good decision because the whole fight <laughs> thing would not have worked out for me but it never stopped me from being a boxing fan and and uh a couple years ago when i was going through my fat elvis stage um i know i needed to lose some weight i was some friends with some local boxers a good friend of mine owns a gym in the town his name's joseph janick his nickname's hoss basically one night he's like dude you love boxing you're always coming to hang out at the gym you write about it for the newspaper you know just why don't you just you were just hanging out there yeah i would come and just kick it that's I had, some, I had some friends that were there and I was helping him with his gym. You know, I, I put together his website and his okay, social medias and, and uh, I was covering a lot of boxing for the paper because we happen to live in this weird area where there's a lot of there's a hot professional boxing scene. It's called Boxnard. Boxnard. There you go. Because there's a couple big times, a big time gym in Oxnard, big time Vin and Ventura. Um, again, I'm sure nobody listening to this really follows the sport, but I'm going quick through it. So anyway, it's a big hotbed for it. I was lucky to be here. Kind of found it later in life and got back into it as a hardcore fan and yeah. made friends with some fighters and this trainer. Great. Cool. Well, um, I started going to this gym and that's basically how I got kind of back in shape and or lost weight was I mean number one I cut out soda and then number two I started to go to this gym and learn how to box as, as an old man completely aware of the situation not any illusions of grandeur you know just like hey I love boxing it's fun to hit the bags hit the mitts work out a little bit this is great I'm in this environment that I love I'm around all these people that like I'm interested in following and so far it's great it's been a home away from home for me really changed my life physically and just only made me fall more in love with the sport blah 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 great sounds good well a little bug bit me after going to this gym for a year or so should probably get that checked out yeah, it should. Um, and uh, basically, I wanted to see what it was like to spar. 
right? I mm-hmm. wanted to see what it was like. At this point, I've learned a little bit. You know, I'm in better shape, and I wanted to see basically what it was like to get punched in the face. Like, what's what's that like? What's it like to trade punches with someone? And sparring is basically when you're at the gym and you put the gloves on, you put the headgear on, and you box. Yeah. But obviously, the headgear's not off. You're not getting knocked the fuck out. You know, it's more to work training. on stuff. It's training. training. Yeah. And and you go slow. You get in there with somebody that's better than you who works with you. So he lets you catch a couple punches, and you catch it. You, you work kind of. Now, the better you get, the sparring becomes a little more intense because maybe you work with somebody a little better or that guy turns it up a little bit yeah. or you learn things or you become accustomed to it. But I wanted to see basically what it was like. To, the hell does it feel like to hit somebody? And what the hell does it feel like to hit somebody back? Because I don't do that. I am a pacifist. I am not a kid that grew up fighting in the alley. That's not my background. <laughs> you know, I run from that kind of shit um, and openly do it. You know, no illusions <laughs> of grandeur. So at any rate, so. I started to spar. I'm going back, you know, maybe three years ago or on here or something like that. So I started to spar here and there. Really enjoyed it. And basically, with boxing, the guys, old, plenty of older guys box, but not everybody spars, and certainly not everybody actually has a fighter competes. A lot of guys use it to train and get in shape. So you yeah. could go to a gym and hey, I'm just here to lose weight. Great, go through the motions, learn some stuff. And some people say I want to see what it's like to spar. Blah blah blah. The only thing I can say about sparring is I've never been more tired in my life than that. I mean, if you ever wanted to just get completely exhausted, I'm going to puke tired. Like, it's it's unbelievable. I'm not going to go into the backgrounds of how to box or any of that bullshit, but it's incredibly demanding. Seems You it. know, it's very, 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 it's so much more difficult than you would think just from the cardio aspect of it. Great. So I did that, and I was doing it, and, you know, I mean, I was getting the fat lips. I was getting the black eyes. I was getting the nosebleeds. I mean, I was, you know, mixing it up, for lack of a better word you know sometimes I'd learn a little bit sometimes I get beat up but it was good and I was around professionals that were really you know being careful with yeah me. there was nothing bad so with all that saying I wanted to I crossed over and said to myself I want to have a fight I want to have an amateur fight. Now, very clear, if you're listening to this, uh, this is not what you see on TV with guys like Mike Tyson and Muhammad Ali where they're not wearing headgear and guys are getting knocked the fuck out and going to the hospital and and sometimes killed, quite frankly. Um, That was not this. Um, Amateur boxing is where you wear headgear. But the headgear is open-faced, meaning when you're sparring, it's a little more covered up. There's a bar over your nose. This is like, yo, you know, something can still go down. You can still get hit on the chin. You can still get hit in the nose. You can still break your nose. You can still bust whatever it may be. But it's controlled and, you know, it's competitive. It's run by an organization, a national organization. Now, you, in thinking, so I said I wanted to, I told myself, I kind of harbored this secret of I want to have a fight. It's a bucket. It, it is the definition of a bucket list thing, right? So um, uh, this past summer, I achieved the lifelong childhood goal, as you know, mm-hmm. and I had an amateur fight. I went to Orange County. There is a essentially a division of uh, amateur boxing called the Masters. The name is not appropriate. It's more like golf masters. No, it's any any competition. The Master Series is for the old people. Great. Okay. Great. So that's how little I know about competition. Um. So the Masters division is basically. 35 and older right and they what they do is they attempt to match you up as best as they can now as you can imagine there are not a lot of people that do this at that age not boxing no. no this is a sport where people get the hell out of it by the time they're in their 30s if you're still fighting in your 30s it's basically because you are now a professional and you're probably coming to the end of your career yes but for idiots like me that basically have a midlife crisis and decide i want to learn how to box right 
they've created this essentially division of USA boxing. Sure. Now you got to go get licensed. You got to get a passbook. You got to, you know, pass a physical and EKG and eye test. I mean, so it's not an unlicensed thing. This is what they call unlicensed fight smokers. You can go to a gym and say, Hey man, want to throw the headgear on and blast out for three rounds? And Oh, I had a fight. It's great. This is actual competition with a sanctioned. Yeah. Sanctioned with a real ref. They mark your book up like, Hey, this is what occurred on this date. You had this fight. It's cool. It's, 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 it's real competition. It's It's a real deal. Um, so, this past summer, and we talked about this, I think, a little bit on the podcast because the, did. the did. revelation I was going to do this occurred on the podcast when my old man dropped the hammer and spilled my secret, you know, because <laughs> um, I was kind of keeping this from everybody. It was really something I was just sort of doing on my own. Like every once in a while in life, you got to have that one weird thing that you do by yourself that's kind of your personal goal. You're not doing it for anybody else. It's just a self-satisfaction thing, yeah. whatever it may be, an athletic thing or building something or doing something. It can be anything. So that was my little thing. That was my little... um. My little uh, holy grail that I was chasing. And this summer, I um, was uh, I went through the motions. Dan, I had a fight uh, set up through this, uh, like a gym that has a like, kind of like a every other month show. And they cater to these Masters boxers down in uh, Anaheim, right. uh, of all places. I had one get canceled. All bummed because I was working so hard and eating right in the whole nine yards. Uh, two months go by, I have another one get canceled, you know, and then finally I have uh, a third one that came through. And last summer, I had a sanctioned, legitimate amateur boxing match, um, which I lost. I lost the decision, but it was like a Rocky movie. I did it, something I never thought I'd do, something I had to get in incredible shape to do. And I went all three rounds. It's not like the guy, like, you know, I went in there and the guy knocked me out in the first round and all oh, that was sad, you know. So lost a close fight. Guy was a little bigger than me. Um, so he had a bit of a weight advantage and mm-hmm. he had some experience that I didn't. But I got to do it. And I was as proud as can be, man. It was a life goal. It was a bucket list thing that I literally got to check off and say, hey, you know what? That weird little goal I had when I was a kid. As a, did it. As I did it. That's I awesome. did it. You know, and it meant a lot to me. It really did. I was very, very proud of it. So... Okay, well, here is, that's the background that you need to know to gauge this story that I am about, that will now unfold. Um, So, I did that last summer, and I kept going to the gym more to stay in shape because I liked it and all that, but I didn't really harbor any fantasies at having, like, another fight or anything like that. Being an actual boxer. Oh, yeah, no, no, Doing it again. Yeah, exactly. Not yet, exactly. But, you know, back to that little bug that bit me. Um, and first off, the whole experience of, of having a fight, I could talk, you could talk about a half hour for it, the nerves, the tension, the anxiety. I mean, it was a physical experience that honestly, I've never really had. I mean, I was terrified before it. And then there's the bell rings and a guy is coming to take your head off and there's no break. There's no, I need a minute. There's no chill out. I mean, it is just this intense, wild burst of fear and excitement. It's, it's fight or flight. It's the basic essence of fight or flight. Like, you gotta go. Yeah, it's wild. It's a, it's a crazy experience. Um, and it's certainly not for everybody. I mean, it's like it was very equivalent to going on stage at like in Japan, where like oh, you know, where you just almost feel like electric. Yet there's nerves. The only difference yeah. is you're in danger a little bit. So that gives that the one thing that's missing about performing in front of a big audience is the physical danger. I don't know, man. I felt pretty in danger at some of those shows. They were so goddamn hot. I thought I was gonna pass <laughs> yeah, out. True, true. You know, no one's coming to kill me. Well, though, I played a couple right. clubs that were so. <laughs> 
fucking dirty and crazy and wild audiences I felt in yeah, danger. No, Bakersfield, I, you know. Bakersfield comes to mind. You know, we did uh, our old bass player got hit with a shoe. You know, things yeah, happen. Totally, <laughs> totally happens. So as I take a gulp of uh, iced tea, um, here's the deal. So this is what ended up happening, Dan. I decided that you know what i had a fight and i'm really proud that i did it but i've only gotten better over the months i'm I'm staying with it i've learned a lot and i wanted to see what if i had a fight where i didn't have the nerves like the first one was out of the way once you get a little more experience yeah what would it be like to to have one without the nerves and i said to myself you know what i want to have another one and maybe i just want to see how i would do if i wasn't as as wildly the first time jitters because I had an adrenaline dump is what they you call didn't it. Didn't know what you were in for. Either. No, no. Um, adrenaline dump is essentially when your adrenaline, I guess, reaches a certain peak in your body. It simply can't maintain. The human body can't have adrenaline for that long at that level. They call it a dump, and when it goes, it goes. So in the fight that I had, and I think I told you about it when we were talking about it, but last summer, in the middle of the third round, my entire body just said, "This has been fun." That's enough. Yes, literally, I'm, I'm very much just, it was like someone walked up to me and flicked a switch in my back and said, you're done now. My legs went loose, loose, like they call them rubber legs. It was legitimate. My legs felt like rubber. I couldn't keep my hands up. And essentially, I was staggering around in, de- in just like, I'm like in fear. Like, you know, like, so basically just trying to avoid this guy taking these big punches. I'm falling all over. And I literally had a moment in that fight where I heard the little voice in my head that said, what are you doing? This is a horrible <laughs> idea. Basically, let this guy punch you and take a knee and no one will hate you, blah, blah, blah. But then I heard another voice that said, you've worked for this for so long and you've wanted this for so long. You just want to be, you know, you want to say that you did it right, not that you quit. Because in a lot of things in life and in boxing, holy shit, quitting is like, it's just, it's like you live with it. Like, a, you know, it's just you quit. And I had this professional trainer that I mentioned, Hoss, who went down there and taken his time. He's been working with me for months. Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't let these people down. My friends and family were there. Almost everybody was there except for you, to be quite honest. You yeah, know, I had to work. Exactly. Um, and I don't hate you for that. Um, but with that said, so anyway, um, the fight happened, blah, 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 I told you. So uh, very proud of myself. It was a life goal. I was like, great. Time goes by, and I decide I want to have another one. And again, I begin the training process again, and I just want to kind of kind of want to win one, man. I just want to <laughs> win one. I just want to say one. You know, I'm going to get out the game and say, hey, I had two fights. I'm one and one. You know, I, I got to see what it was like to – when this is the beginning of a slippery slope it's, i can tell yeah the, the slope it's got to, i just want one title fight yeah exactly it's about to get more slippier than i think you can ever imagine right oh, um and this does not end with me wanting to turn professional just because i'm well aware that i'm just a silly old skinny man that would be destroyed so there's no <laughs> no illusions of grandeur um but here's the deal so this toward the league i told you about the masters it comes to my attention that there is a tournament for just masters. So instead of a show where maybe there's all sorts of different ages, one weekend a year, um, all these masters boxers, guys from 35, and it gets crazy. I mean, it gets really old, you know, but they match you right. It's not like a 35-year-old fights a 60-year-old. Right. Um, uh, there's a tournament where they all gather, and it's called the National Masters Tournament, and it takes place in Kansas City, 
Kansas. Oh, Jesus. So guys from all over, and this division is so small. I'm just making this up, but if you live in North Dakota, it's not like there's a bunch of guys doing this. So for a lot of guys, the only time they get to fight all year is to go to this tournament. Okay. For me, it's a little different because it's L.A. and there's more guys floating around, so there's a better chance of doing it, you know. But so I hear about this thing, and you know what? The seed is planted in the back of my head. Oh dear! So back in November, December, I told myself, "Fuck it, I'm gonna sign up for this." Now I don't know if I can go. I God knows, <laughs> don't know if I have the money to do it around that time. But if I sign up, at least it'll keep me going to the gym. It'll keep me motivated. Yeah, you got a goal. Yeah, I got you a, goal. a goal. Got a goal. Goals are crazy, man. They can make you do crazy stuff. Um, so I sign up for this thing. I am training for it. I'm like getting ready for it. You know, I start picking up the pace in January, and then I start going really heavy in February, mid-February. Change the diet. You know, I didn't drink for like I think like 30, 40 straight days, like not a sip of alcohol. Nice. You know, I'm not eating the bad food. I'm really because I also have to get down and wait. You right. Know, which is the one other hard part. Now, it's getting close to. It's about two weeks out. And financially, I can't do it. I just can't do it. You know, I'm like, like, oh, man, you know. But I kind of, you know, knew that was the case. I'm going two weeks ago. I'm taking you back two weeks now. But I'm in shape and I'm feeling good. And um, someone, uh, basically, that I work with um, who was familiar with my situation heard that, you know, hey, Chris is probably not going to do it. Even though he really wants to, he just can't afford it. And God bless the guy. He says, you know what? I'll sponsor you. He was like, you know, I can't pay for the whole trip, but I'll give you a couple hundred bucks. Consider it a donation from my business. You know, I'll put it under the gym. So it's uh, basically, you know, a donation to the gym and they can choose to give it to you. And it's very popular with amateur athletics because no one's getting paid. So people look for sponsors. But the people that do this are usually like 18 year old kids that are trying to go to the Olympics, not an old ass dude who wants to be in this weirdo tournament in Kansas, right? <laughs> so at any rate, um, I gladly accept and I get a, a, a guy, another guy who was a trainer. My, my main trainer couldn't go because he was with a professional and that's what he does. He's not like an amateur trainer, but he got somebody else from me. He was a friend and we decided I went to do this. It's on. So I went and booked tickets for Spirit Airlines. Spirit Airlines is the absolute goddamn devil. Worst. It's the worst airline ever. It's a to- it's a conversation for another time because I'll waste all my time talking <laughs> about Spirit Airlines. for that one. It was my only option. It was classic Spirit got you by the balls. You're yep. under two weeks. We're cheaper than everybody else. By the way, if you don't want to sleep on the wing, you have to pay 50 <laughs> bucks. So, so um, I, I go through the process and again, I you know, I'm, I'm, and I'm doing it and I didn't tell anybody, man. I kept it down low yeah, I mean I kept it down low because I didn't even want any honestly I didn't want to go there and let's say I went there and you know got knocked out in the first round or something or it knocked out is it's pretty rare to get knocked out in amateur sure. boxing but stop the referee can come and say yo dude that's hey, it that's it buddy you know and with these old guys they stop it really quick because sure. they're protecting them yeah. I mean, some of these guys are old these are not there's, there's no money there's, it's just all personal kind of satisfaction so this past weekend, I headed to Kansas City to participate in the Ringside National Masters Boxing Tournament. So I'm thinking, that's amazing. Isn't that wild? So I say to myself, my new, I got two bucket lists. I want to win a fight, and I want to be in a tournament. And then I can say, hey, I saw what it was like to be in a big tournament with a lot of guys, not just like a little club show. And you know, I'd really like to win one. So I went out there and. This is where the story kind of gets cool and crazy. It's about to get really crazy. You're going to trust me. It's a, it's blah. Um, so if you're listening right now, like, oh, I don't like this story. Don't worry. It's wake back up. Yeah, we'll, exactly. we'll let you know wake when to wake up. up. So I don't have enough money to get a hotel. Guess who is going to be in Kansas City for this tournament? 
the guy that beat me in my first fight no ever. I, unlike most people, you know, in this kind of uh, fistic environment, am a friendly dude, and I'm doing this for fun. I made friends with my original opponent. <laughs> Literally kept in touch with them, you know, where most people are like, I'm not talking to that guy Fuck anymore. That guy. Um, he, a uh, guy down in OC, he's a, a psychiatrist. Um, you know, I'm not going to plug anybody's names just to keep, you know, uh, whatever, because psychiatry is weird doctor stuff or whatever but um or a patient privilege shit. treating you yeah exactly <laughs> yeah i needed it um so anyway um he gets in touch and says hey um i need a, a coach you know my coach isn't coming i'm going to the same event you know again if would your coach you know um coach you know coach me if i could put you guys up because my family lives out there right oh no shit oh home run so now it's all coming together i can get the flights with the sponsorship i have a place to stay with this guy great sounds good so me and my buddy go out there and um there i am i'm on a plane unbeknownst to anybody well a couple people knew at the last minute you know like and uh i'm flying to kansas city to be in an amateur boxing tournament for dudes over 35 that's crazy it's wild i'm just like this is crazy and i'm like proud of myself that i had the balls to get this far but so i get out there great you know we get to the hotel the first night a dude stole my bag at the airport totally different story Uh, jesus same bag Guy, same bag, literally. Guy grabbed my bag, left, had to find his phone number, get him to come back, all sorts of adventures. Oh, so he guess, didn't steal on purpose. Guess who picks me up at the airport to see me cab fare? Our old Fresh Talk guest, Evan Sulagar. Are you kidding? Who now lives outside of Kansas City. Are you, I didn't even know he left. Are you, really? No. Oh, Jesus. I had no idea. Okay, so he picks me up. Old friend of mine. I haven't seen him, in a, seen him in a while. From the band 8 Stop 7, picks me up. So good to see him. I mean, oh, just the awesome. sweetest guy. Great guy. Um... And he picks me up, drops us off at the hotel, and we would catch up a little bit, and then there I am. I'm in a hotel in Kansas City where the event's happening. It happens in a ballroom at a Crown Plaza, and I'm just chilling. And uh, the things that go through your mind the night before a fight, you just can't turn your brain off, Dan. Like, I'm freaking, and I'm with a professional trainer, and we're talking about stuff and going through stuff and, you know, having a good time. So I'm with somebody, thank God. If I was there alone, that would <laughs> drive yourself insane. Insanity. Um, so the next day, you know, I meet up with the psychiatrist guy and we're going to weigh in at the um, at the thing. And that's when it hits me. That's when this insane journey hits me like a train because I go down to the, the ballroom and there are a hundred dudes in line to check in, Jesus. to weigh in, to do their physicals. Now, keep in mind, at the same time, I'm also like eating like a bird because I needed to be 160 or under and I literally probably 10 days out was kind of floating around like 171 172 wow so I had to lose a lot of weight so I didn't wait to make up yeah I didn't uh, when I went to sleep I didn't drink any water like at night you take one little swig and nothing till you weigh in so um, and again, pros deal with the heavy side of this. The amateurs, not so much, you know. So anyway, I, I'm in line and I'm with the doctor and he's kind of the same thing. And we both kind of say almost, almost like, yo, what did we just get ourselves into? <laughs> dudes are walking around looking like pros. Like we're just guys that kind of do this for fun and we've learned a little bit. There are dudes walking around that are like 40 that look like they're 21 years old. Like, wow. you know, like, sorry, buddy, I need to see some ID. Like, nobody has a six-pack that's 50, you know, that <laughs> kind of shit. So we're in line. I see who I think is my opponent, and they announce the brackets. So my division is the 155 to 160 Masters Novice, meaning you right. have to have okay. under 10 fights. Anybody over 10, I'm not allowed to fight. But if you've had under 10, 
That's the division Still I'm Still a novice. Yeah, novice. Um, and I've only had one fight. I'm 0-1, right? So I am in line and I see the guy who's my opponent. I could I knew the name. I'd, you know, done research on Google, you know. And the way it works is you fight on Friday, and then if you win, you fight on Saturday to win your division. Um, so I am not thinking about Saturday. I am literally just thinking about I got this one fight. And Dan, when you know you're going to fight somebody, a weird thing happens for somebody like me who overthinks things is they basically become the Incredible Hulk. So I'm staring at this guy in line, <laughs> and I'm just literally watching him get buffer. I'm watching more tattoos sprout up. I'm watching. I'm just like, oh, my God. you know. And <laughs> the problem with this older guy league very quickly is a lot of people bullshit. They can only do so much research. They, of if you're a professional, they can find everything out. But it gets a little hairy. Some of these guys are bastards and they lie. They just yeah, lie. Of course. You know, like they have all these fights and they keep them off the books. But as a master, I've only had five fights. But before I was a master, I had 35 off the book, you know, like, you know, death matches in Taipei <laughs> or something, you know. Um, which is not the purpose of this division, but it could happen. Yeah. Okay, so um, I weigh in. I make weight. Uh, totally fine, no problem. Then me and the doc are like, "Hey, um, let's get out of here." My coach actually had to take a, a trainer's license meeting, so he's like, "Let's go back to the house where we're staying, and uh, we'll go and uh, just get some barbecue. I'll take you to one of the best barbecue places in Kansas." Nice. City. My other goal was to eat legitimate, awesome Kansas City barbecue. So I said, if the weekend's a bust, at yeah. least I'll go get some barbecue. Went to a place called Joe's. Like, it's one of the top 10 places. Like, Anthony Bourdain said, it's one of the top 10 places to eat in America before you die. Right? Wow. It was just, as you can imagine, sensational. But all this crazy stuff is going through my head because I'm going to fight that night. I'm in Kansas City with a psychiatrist that I barely know eating the best barbecue in the world. And in a couple hours, I'm going to literally fight a man from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Jesus, where is your never head? Met. Dan, it's wild. It's wild. It's like it's it's almost like drugs without drugs. I mean, it's just going ape shit. And again, I'm not a like raw, 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 fuck you up, dude. I'm more of like I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about that. Like, what if I break my nose? What's a hospital like in Kansas City? I've never had a broken <laughs> nose. I've got a big nose. What am I gonna do? You know, I'm like going through all this stuff. You know, so um, we go back to the house, and this is the fun part of the story. The gentleman's brother, where we stayed, I would say the word well to do is appropriate. Dan, the house is a fucking mansion. No shit. So we're not just staying at some house. We're staying at a big old gated community. Beautiful home. I mean, gorgeous. Just And this psychiatrist who I'm with um, is so friendly, so nice, so welcoming. You ever just meet a good human being? Yeah. Just like, just law of attraction, you know? And... uh so we go back to this house. We're eating barbecue. Him and I are both nervous energy. Oh, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? What do you think of this? You know, he's a little bigger, stronger than me, and he did some boxing in college. So he's kind of in a different mindset, you know, right. but he's great. And we go there, you know, take a shower, you get ready. I'm, you know, whole nine yards. I got my gear. I mean, I'm like, this is wild. Like, I'm in a big house in Kansas City. I get my gear and get ready to fight. So I'll go a little quicker. We get to the actual back to the hotel. And there's the physicals. They do these intense physicals. And then all of a sudden, the brackets are posted. And I am first. Oh, shit. I am the first fight of the night. So I'm rushing to get my stuff ready because we got like 45 minutes. And there's proper warm-ups you do and all that stuff. Uh -huh. and you got to get somebody to wrap your hands special. I got some guy to wrap my hands. And I wasn't a big fan of the hand wrap. You know, it was like not that good. But there was no time to be like, yo, this is a bad hand wrap. It's like, let's go get your stuff on. My trainer guy, great guy, um, but very serious. Like, you know, he's not like Hoss. He's like 
hey, I've done this 18 million times. I'm laid back as shit. This guy's like, we're going, we're doing this, we're going, this, you, know, <laughs> you know. And he was wonderful. He's great, but he's warming up, and you know, he's like, like the mitts. They, they you hit the mitts, you get training, and like I'm starting to panic. I'm starting to feel like, whoa, like whoa, this is too fast. This is too fast. Like I thought I'd have an hour or two to chill. Like this is happening right now. Like I shouldn't be first. This isn't a good idea. And he's like, dude, focus on the goddamn mitts. What's the matter with you? Like yeah. he's accidentally hit me in the head, and I just want to be like, I want to go home. You know? <laughs> I like, can't do it. And so boom, just like that, we get rushed in. We're in the ballroom. And the place is jumping because it's the first fight of the entire tournament. There's only one ring. Uh, one ring. So wow. anybody that's... Everybody's watching. Everybody's watching. So all well, 100 different Masters boxers are all like... Especially some guys got buys and weren't fighting that night. Uh, so what are they going to do? They're going to yeah. hang out and watch the, fights, watch the fights. Right? So the place is packed. And it's not a big ballroom, but it's still a ballroom, you know? Um, and get in the ring... Ref comes up, checks my mouthpiece, checks the gloves. You're ready to go. I wanted to be like, no, I just this is a bad idea, you know? Because you think about that, you really do. It's not like, fuck yeah, I'm gonna fucking kick ass. It's more like, what the fuck? I'm looking at the guy, and um, I had met him at the weigh-in, and I totally introduced myself. I'm like, I'm not gonna raw dog this guy. No. I just went up, shake hands. He shook my hand. He was a nice guy. Seemed like it. We didn't have a conversation. I'm like, hey, Darren, oh, Chris, hey, shake hands. Cool. We're fighting later. I'll see you. It's, it's almost like a convention. You got to think yeah, of it more like totally. you know. But there's dudes there have traveled all over the United States. People are not going there to lose. They're just not. You know, like they're all there to win. Right. You know. Then you see the guys that are really there to win. You know what I mean? But at any rate, the bell rings and boom, it's on. And these rounds are much shorter than regular rounds. But I am now in Kansas City, Kansas. And I am in a fist fight with another man, <laughs> and there's On fucking purpose. 500 people watching and cheering, and we're going at it. And um, round one goes down, and uh, uh, you know I'm landing stuff, I'm moving, I'm feeling good, better than I thought. I mean, I'm, my heart's about to literally jump through my shirt. I'm freaking out, but I'm doing okay. Round two comes, you know, he lands a shot or two. I'm still kind of hanging in there, and, and at this point, I'm feeling like I think. I think I'm winning this fight. Like, I think I'm winning this fight. Third round comes, get very tired at one point, you know, but, you know, we clutch up, we break, you know, land in a couple shots. Last 10 seconds, I just try and throw everything, and I go back to the corner and just did it. I just went to Kansas City and had a fight. You know, I asked my coaches, like, did we get this? He's like, we got this. We got this. I'm like, I'm thinking, like, oh, my God, did I, did I just want to fight? Like, dude, this is it. This is what I've been waiting for. Like, this is the thing I've been training for and hoping for and praying for. And, you know, we go to the center of the ring. The ref's got my hands. I'm just looking down at the ground. I'm like, man, God, it would be cool to just win a fight you know in the blue corner from ventura california no shit. Ah! so like i'm all stoked you shook my opponent's hand again he was a sweet guy um you know i go out to the uh hallway and i um you know grab my coach and give him a big hug i'm like dude you don't understand i've always wanted this like thank you for being here blah 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 like this has been you know a dream of mine so forth and so on you know and uh then evan sula goff from eight stop seven came <laughs> to the there? fight oh, that's awesome so he fires through the door and he's like oh my god <laughs> now evan's a rocker right yeah. so he's got a beer he's got fucking beer in hand he gives me a huge hug he's like i'm freaking out he's like i can't he's like you know he's just like i can't believe he's like this is like what the fuck's going on you know he's like i'm just staring there and he's like he's like saying like dude he's like the guy from Mario freshman is in a fucking fight in kansas and i'm his only friend and i'm freaking out so people are looking at him like what the hell's going on like evan's like watching a rocky movie you know and uh so i'm stoked give him a hug blah blah and i want my first fight i want to fight i want to fight i'm so stoked and i'm like i'm, I'm ready to go home but i did it <laughs> and then all of a sudden my coach alex goes dude he was like 
what do you, he's like you're fighting tomorrow you're fighting tomorrow in the championship match for your division and i'm like literally i know it sounds pathetic but i never ever 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 thought that that was a possibility i didn't have belief in myself like that i didn't you know i just wanted to do it so i'm like oh fuck you know so like i'm freaking out i'm calling everybody and everybody's just stoked that i finally won one but i like I'm, I'm good i'm good i'm good so the psychiatrist awesome he wins right after me we're both <laughs> like what the hell is going on we won we're so blah, blah, blah. but at this point now you can't go out and drink a bunch of beers and no. party uh, you gotta go back and go to sleep so we go back to the badass house that we're staying in i mean i'm on cloud nine i'm so happy it's just something i always wanted you know but i'm ready to get out the game i had two fights lost my first won my second time to go good home to go. I'm happy. Let's go eat barbecue. But at this point, now you're a, you're got one more to go. And the other thing too is like, you know, so I'm sitting there. I'm, so that night, I'm laying in bed and I'm gone. My mind is going to places that I can't I can't even begin to express. Like I needed psych psychiatric help. Like I almost knocked on the guy's door. Like please help me. Like <laughs> talk me through this. I'm seeing my fight. I had met my opponent really briefly. The guy who got the buy. He's had a couple fights, so he's uh, you know done it before. And so I'm seeing his face. I'm just seeing it. I'm seeing him come at me. I'm seeing bad things happen. I'm scared. I'm, I'm imagining the fight. My adrenaline is so pumped up because I just achieved something I wanted to do my whole life, and I can't focus and enjoy it because I'm worried about the fact that it's going to happen tomorrow. Blah blah blah. So. Keep in mind, all the shit that I'm telling you is about 72 hours old, right? Right. So uh, the next day comes, and we have to go over that day. The fights are in the afternoon, but there's a lot more because it's the finals. Same thing. The weigh-ins. You're seeing all the dudes. Now we're seeing dudes that look even more badass than day one because these are guys that got buys because they were probably a little better. Right. So I'm like, oh, my God. So I made weight again because that was another thing I was worried about because I did power down all that barbecue the day before, you know. <laughs> and uh, at that point, it was no going back to the house to chill. We're there. So my coach, Alex, God bless the guy, genius. He's like, you know what? We're not going to sit in this ballroom. He's like, we're not going to watch because here's the I got one of the last fights of the day. Uh, first day I got the first day I got one of the last fights of the day he's like if you sit in this room and you watch these guys beat each other up for five hours freak out you're gonna freak out you know so he takes us he sequesters us we're just in the pool in a hotel in Kansas and this big events happening blah 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 we're chilling we're chilling this guy's got these crazy breathing techniques conversation for another time doing all this stuff but I'm starting to feel a little better I'm starting to feel just excitement but kind of confidence because i did this yesterday the jitters are gone I, yeah. got, I i got hit in the face i was okay i moved around a little bit i was okay i know the ring you're exhausted beyond comprehension at the end of it but i'm like um, i can tell myself but i got through it i did it didn't not do it so we're getting warmed up get a guy to wrap my hand super cool guy i mean it's it's a whole new universe like i've been thrust into this i was trying to tell alex the coach i was like this reminds me of when my band first went to japan where hey you are now in a completely different yeah. world whether you're ready for it or not i'm like yeah. it's just surreal the excitement and the tension and we're getting pumped up and again i'm waiting all day hours in there just trying to stay chill i'm listening to my headphones listening to the chillest stuff i can find like i'm listening to like tori amos like you know like <laughs> i gotta chill the that's rare out, you know so i'm freaking and uh but i'm also a little calmer so with that said uh it's time to have the fight so i'm all warmed up and got my little sweat going i got my, my trunks on my gloves and the whole nine yards and i'm going to the ballroom and uh i'm like this is it like this is a moment i'm thinking uh, i'll remember for the rest of my life totally like, this is something that's going to stay with me forever and i'm feeling pretty good and uh 
we go in and I'm just wanting to walk right in the ring and let's let's just go. Just like yesterday. It worked first yesterday. No time to think. We go in and say, Up, oh, hey, the guy in your last fight got knocked out. Wait, people can get knocked out. You know what <laughs> oh, I mean? Wow. Like and uh, you know, we gotta give him a little time on the school to come to or or just, you know, get back in on track. So this guy is sitting on the stool. So I'm looking at him and I'm like, hmm, he's in the blue corner. And I'm like, Hmm. Uh-oh. I was in the blue corner. I'm like, so now I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting in the room, staring at the ring, because you got to be ready when they're ready for you. And again, they take this very seriously, you know. My other opponent, my opponent, is on the other side of the ring, and I can see him. And I'm me. I think too much. You know, most guys don't go overthink things. I'm thinking, what's he thinking? Is he thinking what I'm thinking? He's got tall socks. I have short socks. What's up with tall socks? Am I gonna get tired? He's. T- I mean, again, I know he's had like, total overanalysis. Yeah, totally out, off the top. And I know he had been in another tournament before. I'm like, he's not nervous at all. He's been in a tournament. This is my first tournament. Maybe I should go tell him right now. It's my first tournament. Maybe it'll be nice. You know, my coach is like, dude, focus. Stop thinking. I'm like, okay, I'm cool. You know, and I'm just dealing with these crazy emotions and energy and shits firing through my body. And I'm fucking freaking out. And I'm just like, I'm never, I've never been that alert in my life. And in some ways, I've never been that scared it's kind of what some people talk to you know we talk to bands sometimes and it's their first show or some teenagers and yep. they're just freaking out and the butterflies it's like i don't get that much in my life anymore not anymore no and i just got it all wow. the way um so we get in the ring and it's go time and boom fight starts and the guy comes out and he's moving he's moving his hands and i'm throwing my hands i'm landing a couple shots and i caught a couple in there you know and before you know it the round's like over you know, so I'm back, back wow. in the corner, and my guy's like, you just won that round. He's like, you won that round. You know, you need one more. You got to win two out of three. He was like, you know, you just won that round. Um, so I'm like, okay, cool. Now, in the, in the process of this, what's interesting is I've just got one coach. Now, well, I'll get to that in a second. So um, round two comes, and he's starting to get a little tired. And now this guy has landed a shot or two. And the place is so small. Keep in mind, the the psychiatrist's family is all there. I mean, we're talking 10 deep kids. Wow. They're screaming my name. Evan Sula Goff's there for the second day. So, like, I've got fans in Kansas, you know? Um, So, but this guy tags me once or twice in the round. And I, you know, like, you feel there's a difference when you get caught hard. So he's really coming because I think he knew he lost the first round. Maybe he wasn't even expecting to. You don't know, right? But he catches me once or twice, and he lands one where I just kind of stumble a little. No, I was completely fine. My feet just weren't in the right place. You mm-hmm. know, you're, yeah, yeah, you got, the, I do that walking down the hallway. Exactly. This sounds very action-packed, but it probably looks like two tired 35-year-olds <laughs> trying to slap each other. You know, So the, the, the retelling is probably much more intense than the visual. If I posted a video with this, it would probably just be like two tired guys hauling <laughs> each other. You yeah. know? But So he catches me with one, and then that's what happens. The corner starts exploding yeah. because they want the refs to think that, oh, he landed a big shot. Yeah, it's like, morale that's morale boost. And- no, he's hurt. I'm totally fine. You know, But I'm hearing him. I'm like, I'm not hurt. Shut up, please. You know, so we're going bell rings again back to the third. I'm huffing. I mean, (gasps) you know, my coach has got my like trunks pulled out so you can get more air in there. Uh. And he's like, he was like, dude, he was like, you know, you've got to win this round. Basically, that last round was too close. You could be looking at a tie fight right now. And he's like, you are one round away from winning this tournament. You know, and that's I'm just amazing. Like, and I'm thinking, like, how did this? What? 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 Yeah, my mind is racing. I'm like, how did these things? Get, how did this get so out of control? Yeah. You know. And then I'm thinking, I should have told everybody. I didn't know I was going to get this far. You know. So, um, meanwhile, he's saying, and all of a sudden, I hear a black gentleman's voice in my ear. Now, 
uh, to tell you the gentleman who went with me is an American Filipino. He's mm-hmm. you know not a black gentleman, and there's only one guy in my corner, the guy that I brought. This Alex guy who's just a hero. He's just really calming me down, taking care of me, teaching me to breathe right, because you got a minute to get back at it, you know? That's crazy. And I'm hearing a voice that says... You know, he's going to be coming at you right now. He's going to be coming hard. He's going to throw everything he's got. You know, he's like, you ready? I want to see the one-two right down the middle. You ready for a one-two? You know, and I'm like, okay. Fuck. I've snapped. I am now (laughs) hearing a black man in my head. Not that I have any problem with that whatsoever, but there's a new voice that has entered my head that's giving me instructions. And I turn, and luckily I'm not insane. A man in the crowd has decided to join my corner. He was so he was so pumped up from the action. That's incredible. He just decided. He just hops up he there. Just, I just got to give this guy some advice. Now, of course, he was a licensed trainer, so they didn't throw him out of there. But he was not invited. He just literally happened to just in the moment decide that I needed some extra advice, you know. And I'm like, okay. My coach Alex is like, yeah, he's he's right. This guy has to win this round. He's coming at you, you know. So I'm like, this is crazy. Ding ding, bell goes. And we're off, and we're both tired. I mean, again, I'm sure it looked really sloppy, but he's trying to throw stuff. I'm throwing stuff. We both know we need the round. When we get caught up at one point, you know, you hold, Mm -hmm. and the ref comes up, and he goes, break. And the guy, he didn't hear the ref. He wasn't trying to be foul at all, but he popped me in a little shot. Ah. He he caught me a little shot. Totally. I I knew when he did it, it wasn't like I'm trying to sneak one because you just don't do it at that level. We get caught up again. Same thing. He says break, and this guy throws another little shot. Now, Spoonie. I'm going to be honest with you here. The J-Man threw on a little bit of theatrics because I wanted to win this so bad. You're Do you nothing know what I mean? is not theatrical. Yeah, and, and I wanted to get air so bad. This gave me, because he stopped the guy and he put him in the corner like, hey, there's a warning. You know, he just hit on the brake. But for me, all he did was just give me five free seconds of right. air. So I'm in the other corner like, <gasps> <laughs> no, I'm not showing that, but like I kind of did the little like I uh, threw my head back like come on ref like one of the, I didn't say that but right. did the little like because I was doing that in hopes that he would give the guy a warning not because I wanted the guy to have a warning I knew the guy wasn't trying to hurt me or be a foul I literally just wanted to get five, five seconds, seconds. <laughs> so I figured if I just put my arms up like that maybe it would make buy you rough. some time yeah exactly because you know people are watching it's like what are these guys up and above it's a minute something but in there it's like I've been in here for 45 minutes you know so um that boom the last 10 second bell goes there's 10 seconds left in the fight and I just knew here it is. This is it. This, this is, is everything it. I've been working for. And I just charge the guy and I start throwing everything I can. I'm not saying anything's landed. I'm just hucking. He's hucking shots too because he's in the same boat. He's right. throwing everything he's got. But the difference was I had put the pressure on him and put him against the ropes. So visually, even though we're just kind of both throwing punches at each other, from a judge's standpoint, he's the one that's under duress he's right. the one pushed back literally he may have been even landing more shots than me but you look at it and there's a dude who's throwing punches and there's a guy backed up against the ropes bell rings go back to the corner did we get it did we get it my coach is like i don't know he's like it's close you know he's like it's close you know it's uh he was like well you know you'll see go to the center of the ring and then they bring out a belt oh shit and actual belt and the ref drops it right on the mat keep in mind i haven't been in there i haven't been in there to see the fights that's true i didn't realize that every winner every division division gets a belt this is the 155 to 160 pound novice masters amateur boxing 
National Tournament Championship belt. Wow. And it's laying on the ground. And literally the moment, like, I look at this guy, he looks at me, and we both look down at the belt like one of us is about to get that. You know, one of us came to Kansas City to do this cool opportunity, you know, and someone's going to leave with the belt. And B, as cheesy as it sounds, a national amateur boxing champion a national tournament it's an it's actual a national, tournament. national tournament of like you said the masters old guy midlife crisis sure you know, Lee. but it's, it's a national, national tournament exactly so forever in the annals of amateur boxing if somebody does the research and says who won the 155 to 160 novice again a dude with a couple fights who's old you know but yeah. it's a national You're tournament. On the list so there we are a guy holding both our hands says ladies and gentlemen our winner the 150 160 novice division from ventura California. get the fuck out of here and they said my name real wrong you know yeah. chris rickarevich <laughs> i pulls my hand up and i'm like oh my god and now i want to fucking celebrate to the point like i'm ready to start congoing through the fucking place <laughs> like my brain is exploded but that's not right because somebody it's not at what it's about so yeah. the ref says to the other gentleman a guy from atlanta who i spoke to after and was incredibly cool just absolute respect for the guy you know he was very friendly we had a great conversation he picks up the belt hands it to me oh wow we hug Everybody cheers out of the act of sportsmanship because it was that type of event, sure. you know, and they put the belt over my shoulder and I walk out of the ring, you know, and fucking at this point, Evan Sulagoff is hysterics. If I'm hysterics, <laughs> he's out he's probably in he's tears, lost his mind. You know what I mean? Um, and the psychiatrist family's cheering, you know, I hug my trainer, you know, and I'm holding a belt like a real belt ringside national masters tournament champion belt. I have just gone behind everybody's back to Kansas City, Kansas, entered a tournament for boxing (laughs) for amateurs and won and won. I came there 0-1 and all I wanted to do was win a fight or be in a tournament. I entered a tournament. I didn't win one fight. I won two and I won the championship match. I fucking literally just had a dream come true. I literally just went to the sixth grade version of myself and said, this one's for you. Yeah, oh, that's amazing. And I, I was, I mean, I was in hysterics. I was losing my mind. I was so happy, so overjoyed. But in the midst of it, you see kind of the agony and defeat too, which is one yeah. of the things I never liked about sports as a kid and still don't like is there are people there and they're clearly bummed they've traveled they've come this far to win that and only certain people can win that's the winners and losers of sports and me of all people a non-athlete took this journey of a couple years and it uh, culminated this weekend winning a national amateur athletic championship for my age and my division so you are talking to the 160 pound novice national masters boxing amateur champion let that sink in for two seconds, considering the one time we put in oversized gloves at a party, you beat the shit out of me. I was going to say, now I'm just worried I can't kick your ass in a fight anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I ever could, but like that one oversized glove match, I was like, you know. You're still 0-1 on me. <laughs> um, but it was, and you can imagine the joy, the celebration that night. I went out to dinner with Evan and his wife, Aaron, yeah. the psychiatrist. We went to this awesome restaurant. I had my first sip of alcohol in 40 days. Wow. Wow. 
IPAs are pretty good, man. <laughs> like, I don't know what happened to them in the past 40 days. But that was, been, that's how you converted I've it? I've been missing out. I drank that thing. It was like a local. I'm like, I'll have five more. Like, I had like seven beers. I mean, so I literally won this championship against all odds, met all these wonderful people out there, this Masters Boxing Division. It was like a convention. Everybody was friends. Everybody was cool. It was it was wonderful. I'm walking around the airport. People are coming up to me no wanting shit. to see the belt. They don't know. They think yeah. I'm a professional. I didn't ruin the fucking mystique. <laughs> I said, sure, take a look. You know what I mean? Like, oh, people want you know pictures in the airport. People are coming up. I'm Because I wore it in the airport. I was like, I'm <laughs> doing what did. the big boys do. I don't give a shit. This is not coming off me. You know what I mean? So people are taking pictures. Like, I'm on cloud nine. I just totally achieved this crazy and a wild dream. Not like a dream that's achievable. Five years ago, if you told me this would have happened, I'd be like, you are out of your fucking mind, let alone to even have it. And uh, it was literally one of the best weekends of my entire life. And what I went through emotionally this weekend, I went through so many places to do that in 48 hours. I mean, I got home and I was on cloud nine, but I was exhausted. Like my yeah. brain was like, yeah, I no can't kidding. believe the travel, the tension, the fear, the fight or flight, the doing better than you thought, the championship match, winning a belt, you know, hugging a guy that you just traded punches with, meeting wonderful people and just being in this environment, staying in a freaking mansion in Kansas. I mean, I literally had one of those weekends that on my deathbed, I'll reference. You know, it'll be, it's up there. Like, Hell yeah. hey, Japan, China, Kansas. Kansas, you know. So, Dan, that is my weekend. That is fucking nuts, dude. Is that wild or what? <laughs> That's crazy. Is that, I mean. It's Tuesday now. Where's your head now? I'm still happy, dude. I'm sure you can tell. I'm yeah, still just you're still because I'm. I mean, I'm just carrying the belt around everywhere. You know, I mean, I got to go back to the gym, see my trainer, who's been on this journey with me, who's really helped sure. me for all these years. He was so proud. You know, he's so unbelievable. He's like, dude. He's like, this is bizarre, but we have a national amateur champion in the gym. He's like, I know what Masters is. You don't, but the average asshole don't know. He was like, you just won a national tournament. Like you'll <laughs> always have that for the rest of your life. You're a boxer that won a national tournament. It's pretty badass. So I mean, as for the career. I'm I'm kind of looking at retirement to be honest with you because <laughs> I peaked. Go on a high note. <laughs> I peaked, dude. I mean, I could enter a tournament like that tournament again and win again. That would be cool. Or there's another big national kind of tournament. But I won a national tournament and I went to Kansas 0 and 1 as an amateur boxer and I left 2 and 1. I could end with a winning record and a national title. Couldn't you know? have gone any better. It was, you know, sometimes in life everything works out. It's rare, but you ever do something where, oh my God, every aspect of this was just perfect. That's what happened to me. When is the the part of the story where you slipped in the Spirit Airlines thing and landed on a hypodermic needle and now have AIDS? Yeah, exactly. that'd be like the worst thing. <laughs> um, and you ready for the final kicker? Get off the plane. And who is at the bottom of the conveyor belt? Ready for this? Our news reporter. From KTLA. Are you fucking kidding? Dead serious. And she's there, and I'm rocking the belt. Of course. Right? And I'm with the trader. As you, you know? do. And uh, and I can't say enough good things about him. Just, he was there for a reason. I, I needed somebody. I desperately needed Literally, if I went there by myself, it would have been just a joke. You know, I would have been terrible. Yeah. Mentally, everything that he did for me. Alex Jamora, hell of a trainer. We'll have him on sometime to talk about his crazy-ass uh, breathing philosophies. Um, But, uh... The lady comes up and says, excuse me, gentlemen, are you fighters? You know, <laughs> and the trainer's like, this guy is. And she's like, wow, it's a champ. I'm like, 
I'm just laughing because it's like, dude, you know what I mean? Like, I do field trips for little kids in the morning. I'm trying to get my raunchy comedy made, and I've been in a band for 20 years. Yeah. That's what I am, you know? And uh, she was like, well, I want to talk to you about Spirit Airlines. Uh. She's like, you know, she was like, there was a fight on Spirit this week that what? was all over the news. A fist fight broke out. No way. What's the experience been like? So. Straight in the belt, and I launch into a tirade against Spirit Airlines oh, on incredible. Fox Los Angeles News. Now, I don't think it aired because I was pretty intense. I was like, let me tell you about Spirit Airlines. Like, now I'm cutting a You're promo like a yeah. wrestler. You know what I mean? Like, you know, they think they can just give you a lot of M&Ms, charge you for everything, aim the plane, and fire. He was like, someone's going to get killed someday. You know what I mean? And that was that, and I walked off smacking the belt on uh, KTLA Fox uh, News. Take so. that, KTLA. That's my story, Dan. That was my weekend. Insane. I'm having trouble even getting my head around it, and I wasn't there. Is it overwhelming knowing nothing? Because I want the listener to know if you stuck with this story this far, literally, Dan was not prepped for this. This is, you're getting a 100% honest reaction from the story. Yeah, it's fucking nuts. Yeah, it's nuts. nuts. It's nuts. It's crazy, dude. Wait till you see the belt. You're going to be like, what the fuck? Fuck, I can't man. believe you didn't bring it. Yeah. Oh, I have it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's buckled into the car, passenger seat. <laughs> mm. I slept with that bitch in Kansas, dude. I put it right on the pillow, man. But it's now now one of my all-time favorite possessions. I'm not saying it's my most favorite possession ever. Top fucking five. Like, I want it laid Hell in the yeah. casket, dude. And, and <laughs> this is on record. Buried in the belt. Yeah, totally. They let, you make sure that gets dumped in there, dude. Toss all the fucking <laughs> freshman full lengths in there and toss the belt in there. This is what he stood for, you know? But that's my story. And That's a hell of a story. The one thing I can say, I'm going inspirational on, on the listener, but it was something that I wanted as a little kid that I convinced myself as an adult that would never occur for me. And I fucking went after it anyway. And it took a lot of work and years of work to get to that place and that point where I was ready to do it. I overcame my fears in doing it. And I achieved something that I wanted as a little kid that I never thought I could. So I don't think it's ever too late. Now, hey, is that going pro and winning a world title? That would be like the equivalent of saying, I want to sell a million records and I've never even recorded a single note of music. Well, that's not going to happen. But who's to say you can't record some music even though you never had Definitely. Who can say you can't? Fuck it as an old man be a boxer. I mean, that's why they created this division and and who can say that you know again I never ever 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 thought I would win a tournament that wasn't even the option it was just going to be a part of it but hey man sometimes you know uh, through very very hard work you know crazy things can happen you just got to be willing to put the work in and then you got to put yourself in the environment that allows you for that to occur you know? definitely yeah so, never too late yeah my midlife crisis came very early and it was a success as opposed to some people that just want a Corvette and they get it when they retire and then they die a week later you know yeah, that sounds awful. So I'm a happy man. Awesome. Let's go out and fight. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> sounds good. So, Dan, I'm sure that was a long one, but I wanted to tell the whole thing because I did think it was wild and overwhelming. Yeah, that is a hell know? of a story. Yeah, and this is all top secret. I haven't even cracked the net with it. You know, I was kind of hoping to let, you know, just uh, get it out first before I even told anybody. Yeah. That's amazing. Yep. Yep. Well, congratulations. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Glad you listened to the whole tale. And you, dear listener, if you've listened this far, thank you for uh, going through my weekend slash crazy-ass dream and uh, being a part of it. And I will post a picture of me with the belt on Facebook. You have my word. Fuck it, eh? Yep. 
Yep, 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 yep. Dan, it's been a long uh, podcast. It has been a long one, but that's all right. Good story. It's a good story. Yeah. Very good story. And uh, next week, it's number 100. And we're going to have one or two things uh, in store for the 100th ever episode. Oh, you got a, good, you got a couple things? Because yeah. I, I got nothing so far. Well, I think we're going to try and get the old. Well, we'll <laughs> be honest. We're going to try and get the gang get back, the band back together. Get the band back together. Get the band back together. We'll do. We'll come up with a couple. We'll have a crazy one. Yeah. It's going to be good. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. Dan, where can people find us? As always, uh, freshtalkpodcast.com has all the links to our Facebook, our Twitter, our Instagram, mm. most of which are not ever used, but we do post new information on Facebook and Twitter. Yes, we do. When we have new episodes up. Uh-huh. And make also, sure to subscribe, whatever your favorite podcatcher is. And your podcatcher of choice. We're on iTunes. We're not on Stitcher mm-hmm. yet. I'm working on that. We are on just about every other podcast directory, I think. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, look us up. Please do, please do. And if you enjoyed this tale, by all means, spread the word. Let people yeah, know about this give episode. Give us a like and a share and, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Let them know the, the glorious story of redemption at, a, at an old age. Redemption. 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 And uh, I am also going to say a shout out. I do definitely want to thank uh, some people really quick for making this weekend possible. My coach, Alex Jamora, who came out with me, came off of work, didn't make a dime, went out there to be there for me and was an incredible, great coach the whole time, really talked me through it. My original coach, Joseph Haas Janik, my main man who got this whole thing started and helped me achieve this goal, one of the best trainers in the sport. And then all my friends at the gym who were always there for me and everybody a part of the Masters Boxing Division. Mm. Um, what a cool thing that they do for people like me to allow this to occur. Super cool. All the guys that were out there in Kansas were wonderful and it was a real, it was almost an honor to be part of all these guys that were doing something for all the right reasons you know there's a real brotherhood there and it was it was cool to be accepting a part of it and uh thank many many over at mastersboxingdivision.com he's kind of the guru of the whole movement and he was so supportive and helpful to me so that's my story if there's any masters boxers listening thank you for your time sorry i was trying to get all oscars on you and play the music while you were still talking. oh that was perfect i loved it i loved it i loved it you know? Well, since uh, Mr. Champion, why don't you take us out? All right. The champ says, cue the bossa nova.